On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, GM has joined Ford in adopting Tesla's North American charging standard for its next generation of EVs. Plus, Giga Nevada is cranking up production on battery cells, but not the 4680s. Tesla's negotiations for a gigafactory in India appear to be getting more serious and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey here with you for episode 410 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for June 11th, 2023, coming to you from downtown Los Angeles this week. I am down here on a business trip through the weekend, so I have brought Ride the Lightning on the road with me. And I'm recording a little early this week. I'm recording on Thursday evening instead of Friday morning, excuse me, instead of Friday evening due to my work schedule while I'm here. So as always, when I record early, if I miss any big news that hits on Friday, I will be back to discuss that for you on next week's podcast. But a quick hit to get started here. We have an update, a brief update, but a notable one on the three zero-mile barn find Tesla Roadsters that are currently for sale and being that sale's being orchestrated by the Roadster caretakers at Gruber Motors out of Phoenix. Bidding on these three cars is being extended indefinitely. Pete Gruber writes, as it plans to transfer the cars to Dubai so that bidders can take a look at the vehicles without red tape, quote, many thanks to all the bidders Due to the recent preparations for moving the cars to Dubai, which will allow immediate bidder viewing without red tape and permits, all of which will take about two to three weeks with transport and loading slash unloading, we are extending the bid closure date to indefinite at this time. We're continuing to accept bids at this time, and if the cars have not sold before arriving in Dubai, we will post if and when the cars are available for viewing at the free zone in Dubai. So it sounds like things got crazy at the end, bidding-wise, and now the seller might just be thinking, well, let's see how high this thing can go. And I don't blame them, honestly. But if indeed that that $2 million bid that was placed is vetted and is verified as real, well, I have to imagine the seller doesn't really have much to lose by waiting three to four more weeks to see if anybody else wants to up the ante any further. All right, uh, before I get going with the rest of this week's Tesla news, I hope all of you out there that are kindly backing me, supporting my efforts on this podcast on Patreon at Tesla, excuse me, at patreon.com slash Podcast. At that $10 tier or higher, I hope you all enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode. I do them every single week on Patreon. Uh, they're about usually 10 to 20 minutes a piece. And this week's was about my top 10 list of what I think, it actually ended up being nine, and it should have been 10, of what I think are the most famous Teslas ever. I was inspired by these three barn find roadsters, which, spoiler, made the list. So inspired by those cars, I thought, well, what are the other most famous Teslas? Not famous Tesla owners, 
but actually the most famous Teslas ever made. So I had some fun with this one. I hope you enjoy it. If you're not already backing me on Patreon, you can do so anytime. There's even, as I've been mentioning these last couple of weeks, not only the 10% discount if you do the annual pledge option, but also Patreon has just enabled free seven-day trials. So you, And that's specifically for that $10 a month tier. So you can go try that out if, uh, if you're curious to see what supporting on Patreon will get you. And again, it sh- when I say it should have been a top 10 list, it's because not long after I posted this Patreon episode, this lightning round, B- uh, Patreon backer Mike uh, Bayarjan, Mike, I-, I hope I pronounced that correctly and I apologize if I didn't, he left a comment kindly noting that I left off what was probably the single most famous one, which of course is, as, I'm going to give you a second, think about what you think is the most famous Tesla, the one that was shot into space, the original Roadster that was shot into space on the Falcon Heavy. I somehow left it out of my notes and recorded the thing anyway, so I feel a little silly about that, but uh, take a listen to the other the, the other nine on my list and see what you think. All right, uh, here we go with this week's Tesla news and we start with a big, awesome piece of news. GM, General Motors, has joined Ford in adopting Tesla's North American charging standard, NACS, for the charge port on its electric vehicles. The deal mirrors the one that Ford made almost identically. So GM's electric vehicles starting in 2025 will get the NACS port. There will be an adapter made for the cars that are on the road now. And starting next year, 2024, GM EVs will have access to 12,000 Tesla superchargers in North America. And that's exactly the same number as Ford, meaning these are probably the exact same superchargers that the Ford owners will also have access to. It was even announced in the same way. GM's CEO, Mary Barra, joined Tesla CEO Elon Musk in a Twitter Spaces conversation to make the announcement. I'm not going to play any clips for you this time because, again, I did that with Ford. You heard the rap. You know the story here. Uh, so I, there, I don't have too much to add on to this since I already already talked about it two weeks ago. But I guess I'll say this. We can now, with GM getting on board with Ford, we can now pretty officially say that Tesla's North American charging standard is no longer aspirationally named. It is instead aptly named. I mean, with Ford and GM on board, there's really no choice left but for the Volkswagen Group's North American EVs to get on board, for Polestar to get on board on this continent, for Rivian to get on board, Lucid, etc. And you know what? It's going to make for a better experience for everyone. Tesla's solution here is the best, and that is an objective statement, not a Tesla fanboy statement. Anybody who's tried multiple charging standards, multiple fast chargers, whether it's Electrify America or one of these other ones, and tried the Tesla the Tesla solution, it is the simplest, it is the smallest, it is the fastest, it is simply the best, it is the most convenient, 
It checks all the boxes. I'm not saying it's necessarily perfect, but it's pretty darn good. It's quite good, in fact, as we all know as Tesla owners. And so uh, the other part of this, too, that, that I say the reason that everybody else now has to, is going to have to fall in line in North America is because Tesla has the most fast chargers. So with Ford and GM signing on, that's now t just too much momentum for the other automakers to try and overcome and just stick to their guns with CCS as far as the charging standard goes without harming their own customers. If other car companies making EVs want to dig in and stick to CCS, they're only harming their own customers. And that is not a winning business proposition. So that's why I'm quite confident that everybody else is also, you know, sooner or later, probably sooner, going to fall in line with their, you know, not necessarily tomorrow, but like these, like Ford, like GM, the next generation of vehicles, because you know, these things are planned way in advance, all the parts sourcing, all that stuff, all the engineering, you know, you have to allow some reasonable lead time here for this change to be made, but it is going to happen. And honestly, above all else, this is a massive win for the EV movement over here on this side of the world. Again, I know I already talked about this with Ford just a couple weeks ago, so I won't hit you with all of it again, but it, this is just fantastic news. I say kudos to both Ford and GM for swallowing their pride because let's be honest, there probably had to be a little bit of that. Tesla is a competitor. It is one that is been contentious at times. Uh, look no further. If you're a, a regular Twitter user, particularly in the, the car space, the EV space, you may know, you may, you may either be actively familiar or have heard about the communications guy, the PR guy at Ford, Mike Levine, who has, has uh, I would arguably say, gone out of his way on many occasions to let's just say talk some trash in the uh, in the EV department uh, specifically towards Tesla he is not afraid to to get in the the mud with a with a Tesla owner on Twitter and and sling some mud and I've I've never thought it was a good look myself and when when Ford made the announcement a couple weeks ago as of course I talked about here on the podcast I didn't mention this Mike Levine piece of it cuz again I'm not I don't even know Mike Levine. I don't have any anything against him other than I, I don't necessarily agree with how he's, uh, he's conducted himself on social media. But, I mean, we could say that about a lot of people in, in a lot of positions. But uh, Michael, when Mike Levine tweeted out the announcement from Ford a couple weeks ago, the replies were, let's just say the replies were hilarious. There were people saying like, did this physically hurt you to tweet? I don't. I, I won't get into it, but you can go look at it if you're curious. Anyway, the point of all this is, again, I, I do think there probably was some degree of swallowing of pride for both Ford and GM, but I applaud them. I, again, because this is, this is doing what's best for both the larger, you know, the EV movement as a whole, which a movement that is happening right now, and it, and it will not be stopped. It is inevitable. It's happening right now. You can't spell inevitable without EV, okay? So <laughs> this is happening, and kudos to Ford and GM for getting on board and doing the right thing for the movement and the right thing for their customers.
Next up this week, Panasonic, Tesla's longest, probably longest tenured third-party partner in the world of any major company. Panasonic is reportedly going to be increasing 2170 battery production. No, no, not 4680. 2170 battery production at Giga Nevada by 10%. I saw this story on Drive Tesla Canada this week who writes, Panasonic will reportedly increase production of Tesla's 2170 battery cells at Gigafactory Nevada over the next two years by 10%. The decision to increase production comes as Tesla puts pressure on Panasonic to meet its increasing demand for EV batteries. According to a report from Nikkei Asia, citing an executive at Panasonic, Tesla recently informed the electronics giant that it would purchase as many batteries as they can produce. I mean, we've heard Elon say that publicly on multiple occasions. As a result, Panasonic will set up a 15th production line at Gigafactory Nevada within the next one to two years, according to sources familiar with the matter. This additional line is expected to boost the annual production capacity of the facility by around 10% from the current 38 gigawatt hours to 39 gigawatt hours. Now, to me, that doesn't actually sound like 10%, but all right, we'll just go with it. Uh, This capacity increase will support approximately 500,000 to 700,000 total Model 3 vehicles. Uh, Although the factory is already operating at full capacity, the Panasonic executive said they can squeeze in one more production line to meet Tesla's demand. Quote, We were concentrating on Kansas, the facility they're developing there, and developing the new 4680 battery, but the Inflation Reduction Act turned the tide. Tesla started saying to prioritize batteries that we can quickly increase in quantity, the unnamed executive was quoted as saying. So thank you to Drive Tesla Canada for that report. Uh, My first thought after reading this was, perhaps my confidence that the Project Highland Model 3 would use 4680 battery cells with the structural battery pack was a little, uh, maybe too optimistic, maybe a little misplaced. Now, to be clear, I still think that Project Highland is 99% guaranteed to use the single piece front and rear giga castings like the Model Y does, which will drastically simplify the production of the Model 3, make it a lot cheaper to produce. But if Tesla is turning the volume up to 11, spinal tap style, on the 2170 battery cells, which the 3 and the Y use, but the S and X don't, and I imagine the Cybertruck wouldn't, that may not mean that the 3 is going to transition entirely over to the 4680s. Now, it's possible that it will, and that these additional 2170 cells will go into the long-range and performance variants of the Model Y, which is, of course, Tesla's highest volume vehicle, and those variants are still made using the 2170 cells, even over at Giga Texas. As of now, the only Model Y that's using the 4680s is the standard-range all-wheel drive Model Y. And I think this probably also supports my theory that Tesla has moved LFP battery cell production for the base Model 3s built and sold in the United States to Giga Nevada with the whole tax credit thing we were talking about last week. In fact, 
I wouldn't be surprised if this 10% production capacity increase on the 2170 cells is almost, if not entirely, being allocated to LFP battery cells. Speculation on my part, I acknowledge, but it makes sense, at least in my mind. So the bigger picture here is that this whole thing, and by this whole thing I mean Tesla's production, is about to go to the next level. And again, this isn't rocket science for me to say this. The Model 3 scaling up to do 700,000 or so a year. The Model Y, which has already scaled up quite a lot, doing about double that. Plus the Cybertruck getting ready to ramp towards at least a quarter million units per year. And then the mic drop happens once Tesla unveils the Generation 3 car, puts it into production, and successfully ramps both its production uh, curve and its battery cell production curve as well. I say this every now and again, but it's worth repeating. We are still at the beginning of all of this. I mean, sure, those of you out there who are original Tesla Roadster owners, and I know there are plenty of you listening, you all are awesome. You are all at the very tip of the spear here, and you deserve a lot of credit for that, for putting a lot of money on something that was by no means a sure thing. And you early Model S owners, like my cousin Pat, may he rest in peace, and like many of you listening, you were not far behind the original Roadster owners as far as being the, at, the, at the tip of that proverbial spear. But I would argue that even all of us right now, we are still in the initial wave of this. It is going to get a lot bigger before we know it, and it's going to be awesome. I mean, this is just, it's again, it's, this is why I love doing this podcast. I mean, I, I honestly, if I'm, I could never have imagined it even getting to this point when I first started this almost eight years ago. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about millions of Teslas per year with a third generation car on the way that's going to do five million just by itself. I mean, that is just incredible. And I just, I'm having so much fun being a part of chronicling this history. I mean, I hope if I'm serving any good purpose in the Tesla community, and it's up to you to decide whether or not I am. I mean, I'm having fun doing this. I hope I'm also useful. But if I'm if I'm being useful at all, I hope it's as a as a running, basically time capsule of of what it's like observing and and being an enthusiast in the Tesla space in the moment of this history as it's being written month by month, you know, week by week, month by month, year by year with Tesla that you can, I mean, I guess even now you could go back to my old podcasts and that was, that was how I was feeling about what Tesla was doing at that time. And maybe there's some value in that. Maybe there isn't, but like I said, I'm having fun doing this, so I'm going to keep doing it. All right, speaking of ramping up and expanding production, Tesla in India, as a, as a prospect, is getting serious yet again after the Indian government has reportedly discussed a roadmap report from Tesla as negotiations for the company's arrival in the country are starting to seem somewhat imminent. 
I saw this written up on Tesla Roddy, who writes, Indian government officials have already asked Tesla if it is serious about setting up a manufacturing plant in the country. And if so, it is willing to, quote, offer import concessions on the components required for the same. This has been reported by the Financial Express. Tesla will eventually have to manufacture the components locally as it favors domestic manufacturing and will not necessarily be able to import vehicle components from China or other countries. Quote, The government is willing to give time for setting up a domestic vendor base, but Tesla will have to indicate a period by which the duty concessions on components granted to it will come to an end, officials reportedly told the publication. India did the same for Apple, and it seems Tesla is finally getting some movement on the terms it laid out for an Indian factory. The two parties have been working on an agreement for years, but now it seems the game of chicken to see who would budge first is coming to a close. Officials said a fixed timeline for localization is already set, and once Tesla agrees to build a plant, the government may come out with a modified production-linked incentive scheme, PLI scheme. Tesla is also no longer pressing for low, lower import duties, so both sides are moving forward to make a deal happen. Well, as you may have all heard recently, India has surpassed China to become the most populous country on Earth with a population of over 1.4 billion people. And as such, it's certainly obvious why Tesla would want to go there. For just a quick bit of math, again, I'm a journalism major. Math is not my strong suit, but uh, I think I've got this right. If Tesla builds a gigafactory in India and then sells cars to 1% of the country's population each year, that would be 14 million cars per year, which uh, on its own, just in India would be 70% of Tesla's uh, 20 million cars per year goal in 2030. Now, obviously, 14 million cars a year, Tesla would need multiple gigafactories to achieve that. Uh, but just go with me on this for the sake of argument. But okay, maybe 1% selling to 1% of the population per year is unrealistic because... Tesla doesn't do that here in the United States. But okay, let's say they sell to one half of 1% to be a little bit more realistic. That, in fact, is closer to what Tesla is doing here in the US. That number would still be 7 million cars in India per year. That's a lot. Again, Ignoring the probability that you'd need, probably need multiple factories, two factories, to achieve even that. Anyway, you see what I'm getting at here. India represents a huge opportunity for Tesla. The Generation 3 car that we are waiting to hear more about and ultimately see, seems like the natural fit for India given the volume on it specifically that Tesla's aiming for and the fact that it's going to be a compact size car that should fit, literally speaking, in terms of the roads in just about any country. A Giga India now seems like it's a matter of when, not if. So we'll see if Giga India is the next one announced sometime later this year or if it will prove to be a bit further down in the Gigafactory queue.
Sad news to report this week. Again, I'm always trying to keep this podcast fun, but I got to I got to be, you know, honest about everything that's going on. This is a follow-up as well to the story I told you about two episodes ago about Tesla canceling Model S and Model X orders in right-hand drive territories like the UK, Australia, New Zealand. So, Tesla has formally dropped the Model S and Model X from its Australian and New Zealand websites. So it's just not even there. Similar updates have been observed in other locations such as Hong Kong and Singapore. Again, a tip of the cap to Tesla Roddy, who writes, a look at Tesla's official pages for the Model S and Model X in the affected countries would show a short but direct message at the top of the page stating that the flagship vehicles are simply not available for order. Links to the Model S and Model X have also been removed from the specific local Tesla websites. Well, this is, uh, quite frankly, really sad to read and sad to have to report to you. The S and the X, as I've said over and over, are amazing. They are amazing vehicles. I've had the great privilege, the chance to drive multiple versions of each of them, both the S and the X over the years, more so the S, but the the new S and X in particular, the, the latest versions of these cars are absolutely incredible. I mean, I've long said that I feel like the Model S is the best car in the world, and certainly the new S is, I still feel that way. If you get a plaid Model S, you get actual supercar performance in one of the world's safest vehicles that costs pennies to run on electricity that is can be renewably sourced and and it's it's making those pennies that all oh no, it's only costing you pennies because of its highly efficient motors its highly efficient drivetrain it comfortably seats 5 and has the storage capacity of an SUV Oh, and it's learning to drive itself with each new release of the full self-driving beta. And to boot, I know this part's subjective, but it's also a really handsome car, particularly in my humble opinion, now that the new Model S has been widened in the rear and sits on wider tires. I think it just has a more aggressive stance now that it needed. It needed that. Uh, up here in 2020, you know, 2021, uh, 2022, 2023, and onwards. So I'm just really disappointed that fewer people around the world are getting the opportunity to own these two amazing cars rather than more people around the world having that opportunity, which is, of course, what I would have thought would be the case always. But with the SNX, is currently not the case as Tesla continues to scale up in production volume each year. Just again, sadly, not on these two cars. I mean, I I feel bad. It's not even, I mean, yes, I feel bad for for people in, in a lot of these countries not getting the chance to own the new SRX, but even setting, even not even that, it's just, it's, well, that too, but not even getting to see them on the roads. Because I'll speak for myself. I've been a car enthusiast my whole life. Since I was a little kid, 
I think I told the story back on episode one about how my dad used to, every, probably must have been every, it felt like it was every day as a kid, but in reality, it was probably like every paycheck, so probably like twice a month. He would, on his way home from work, he would stop at the store, I guess, and I know knowing him, he would get a lottery ticket, but he, he would also pick me up a Matchbox or Hot Wheels car, and he would bring it home for me, and I had an entire hope chest full of Matchbox and Hot Wheels cars that I would play with in our New Jersey basement for hours on end and have an awesome time. And I just, I always loved cars. I could always identify every single car on the road as like a five-year-old kid. That was, that was like my thing. And so I love seeing unique cars on the road, cool cars on the road, special cars on the road. You know, I will never own a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or a McLaren. That's just not in the cards for me. But it's really cool for me to get to see them on the road every now and again, which which does happen. I, every once in a blue moon, I will see one of those cars on the roads. And it's just, it's I love it. It's, it's a rare treat to get to see them. And so these folks in these countries that are having the SNX taken away from them, or in the case of the new SNX, never delivered to them at all, these people, and obviously I'm speaking to some of you out here as well, that my Australian listeners, New Zealand listeners, uh, UK listeners, you might never get to see a plaid on the roads, which is just a shame. I know in, in some of these cases, Tesla is still offering the left-hand drive version, but we covered why that's not a good idea. Thankfully, my, my listeners kindly explained to me, they called in uh, and explained why it's not it's probably not a great idea to have a left-hand drive car, at least in the UK. I don't know, you know about Australia necessarily or New Zealand, but you get, my, you get my point here. You get what I'm saying. And on this note, I'm going to float a theory for a second here. Give me a minute. And I recognize that I'm probably wrong, and this is one of those where I want to be wrong. So... I, and I'm and I'm not taking any pleasure in announcing the theory that I'm about to to give you here, but I'm just going to be honest and tell you about this thought that crept into my head as I was making my notes for this story this week, and just starting to to think back to you know connect some dots. So here you go. Is there a chance that with the Project Highland Model Three reportedly being a longer vehicle? than the current Model 3, a sleeker vehicle and a sportier vehicle than the current Model 3. And no doubt next year's Project Juniper Model Y revamp following suit, is there a chance that the Model S and Model X might get phased out altogether worldwide over the next couple of years? Again, I take no pleasure in saying that. I don't want it to happen. But I think it is worth considering. Just, it's, it's a discussion, I think. It is not an, a completely ridiculous notion. Let's take a look. There are signs that S and X demand has been waning. Tesla has cut the prices of these cars quite a bit. They've offered supercharging perks, substantial supercharging perks. They tried to sweeten deals for existing SNX owners to upgrade to a new one through the loyalty program. 
they offered a new paint color, ultra red, that is exclusive to the new S and X, as well as these latest and most troubling news about the new S and X no longer being offered in a right-hand drive configuration. And there's another thing to just throw on the pile here. Just this week, there's this, which I just noticed in the terms and conditions of the Cybertruck raffle within the loot box rewards in the, re in the new referral program. I was poking around in there and I was looking for every little detail about this Cybertruck raffle that they're doing. They're gonna, they're gonna raffle off one of, they, they say one of the first Cybertrucks off the production line. Uh, they don't say when the raffle ends. It's just, you know, there's not a lot of detail, but I noticed this when I was looking. Under featured offers, it says starting June 2nd, 2023, if you, and again, we're talking specifically about the referral program here. If your friend orders a new Model S or Model X using your referral link on or before June 30th, 2023, they'll receive $1,000 off their purchase price and three months of full self-driving. So a $600 value there. And then you'll receive 20,000 referral credits. To put that in perspective, the three and the Y, uh, if you use my referral code for those, it's the referrer gets 2,000. So it's there is a 10X bonus on the referral credits and the an actual $1,000 cash off of the price for the buyer, along with a you know $600 worth of of FSD, three months worth. And then it uh, goes on. I guess let's see. Is the rest of it? No. Okay. The rest of it's just all legalese. That was that was the main portion of it that I wanted to call out for you. So by the way, if as I I, I don't think I mentioned it last week, but. If you need a referral link, I encourage you, you know, use, use a friend, a family member, a coworker, use their referral link uh, if you know somebody. But if you just need one, because in the case of if you're, if you're thinking about an S or an X and this $1,000 off and three months of FSD is, you know, tips you over the fence and you, you just need a referral link, please reach out to me via either email. My email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can DM me on Instagram. You can message me on Twitter. Reach me however you want to reach me. And I'm happy to give you mine. Again, I just, hopefully you'll be able to find somebody else's in your life that, uh, that you know directly. But I am here to help you get that thousand bucks off if you need it. Anyway, so getting back to my, my morbid theory here, uh, that, or well, again, I don't know if it's a theory, but it's, it's a, it's worth the discussion. That's all I'm saying. So might the longer, sleeker, sportier Highland Model 3 that I remind you will definitely be cheaper, much cheaper for Tesla to build than not just the current three, but almost certainly the current Model S as well. Again, probably using a structural battery pack, definitely using single-piece front and rear giga castings, and quite possibly using 4680 battery cells as well, might that new Model 3 
replace the Model S altogether. If Tesla were to offer a, say, long range plus option on the Highland that, let's say, sniffs 400 miles of range as the longest range Model S does now, well, that could effectively replace the Model S, couldn't it? And if they were to offer a tri-motor plaid option for the Highland Model 3 that has the advanced thermal battery management system of the plaid Model S, then again, you could make a case, you, know, you, could, you could see a, an avenue in which Tesla might go ahead and cancel the Model S and Model X. Because if you just everything take everything I'm saying and apply it to the Juniper Y relative to the current X. Now, uh, maybe if Tesla said, if Tesla were to do that, but doesn't feel like there would be sufficient demand to allocate resources on the production line, you know, to stopping down and doing a run of plaid Model 3s at whatever price that car would command, well, then Tesla could still say, well, we have the next-gen Roadster once it finally arrives that would take the plaid's place performance-wise. I mean, well, it's going to take its place (laughs) no matter what. It is a halo car after all. But again... Uh, you get what I'm saying here. I, I think this this is a, a a not crazy suggestion. I realize I'm probably taking a massive leap leap with this theory. I hope I am because I don't want to see the S and the X go away. I mean, as a as a longtime DeLorean owner and someone for whom the DeLorean has always and will always mean a lot to me, the Model X is the only still the only production car that uses going a going style door it's uh, i mean you know it's it's there was the SLSA AMG they only made like a couple thousand of those and they're not making it anymore so the model x is still keeping the spirit of the going door alive so as a DeLorean aficionado and former owner that makes me happy and the model s is the car that that not the not the car that got Tesla going that was the original Roadster of course but the S is it was the first one of their own design of their own build and so it's it's special and it, it's still a, like I said I still think it's the best car in the world so uh, I, I just again my point here is I think there's enough evidence to at least make this possibility something that is plausible i mean after all and i told you this a while back in fact so long ago i can't even remember but years back a tesla source told me early this was early in the model 3's life that there were discussions at tesla at that time that the x might go away altogether and so Even that's part of what I'm building this theory off of, that Tesla has apparently, allegedly, considered this before. And so here in 2023, where Tesla's primary goal is what? To scale up, as we know, as high as possible and as fast as possible. If Tesla did eliminate the S and the X, 
it would free up battery cells. Granted, it would be 18650 cells, which only the S and the X are, are using, but theoretically it would free up battery resources. And it would free up the, the Fremont factory to replace the S and X production line with a generation three production line in a Fremont factory facility that Elon Musk has long said is packed to the gills with no room for expansion. So call me crazy, and I'm sure you will, and I understand if you do, but if this did end up happening in the next couple of years, all I'm saying is remember back to episode 410 of Ride the Lightning. So I decided to make this the subject of this week's Patreon poll, even though I you didn't you hadn't heard my whole entire complete little pet theory here. I polled you guys on Patreon. Again, uh, every week a new poll goes up at Tesla. I did it again at Patreon.com/slash Tesla Podcast. Uh, the poll is open to anyone. You do not need to be a Patreon backer to vote. Got a lot of votes this week. And the poll subject was the future of the Model S and Model X. And I said, given the production goals that Tesla has and the trajectory they're on, do you think Tesla might eventually discontinue the Model S and Model X? Feel free to leave a comment below if you've got more to say. Now, 56% of you said no. So the majority of you said, no, you do not think Tesla will eventually discontinue these cars. But 27% of you, more than a quarter, said maybe one or the other, but not both. And 17% of you, or about one in six of you, said, voted yes, that Tesla will one day discontinue these cars. And there were some, uh, there were some good, good comments here, too. I'll just read you a couple of them. Uh, toxic mega kitten saying losing their luxury or near luxury status can only hurt Tesla. And that's what will happen if the Y becomes the flagship. Uh, Seth Stein saying probably the model X since the Y does the trick for most people. Uh, Bert Heise says as it would kill the S E X Y scheme, it won't happen at least as long as Elon is around, which uh, I like that answer. Uh, Darkstar Actual saying, no, I'd say they will become perhaps special order vehicles as the battery demand goes to produce the, you know, quote unquote, Model 2 Cybertrucks and vans, etc. to come. The Model X just came off another successful Nürburgring run. Uh, again, it, it, so it reset. Darkstar there is referring to the Model S Plaid uh, with the track package just set a new EV production EV record beating the Taycan. Uh, Dark Star continues, I could see perhaps the Model S being designed into, into a supercar-like body and the MX becoming just a little bit bigger and, sp and more spacious. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, a lot of great comments on here. I don't have time to read through them all, but thank you all for voting at patreon.com uh, slash Tesla podcast and for commenting. But it's, I, I think it's, it's at least plausible that this could happen. But again, I hope it never does. We need more, more Teslas more Tesla models, not fewer. Next up this week, Bridgestone has developed a new EV-specific tire called the Toronza EV All Season. 
that should offer EV drivers greater flexibility, excuse me, greater durability, more importantly, than current rubber. I saw this story on Ars Technica, and it was sent in to me by listener Chris in Tucson. So thank you, Chris. And Ars Technica writes, the new tire uses what it's calling Enlighten technology, although they've spelled it not the way the word is actually spelled, I guess for marketing and SEO reasons, E-N-L-I-T-E-N, quote, which marks a major pivot in how we approach tire technology and design to deliver both exceptional dynamic performance and increased use of renewable and recycled materials, said Ricardo Sicci, Bridgestone's U.S. president. Quote, with the accelerated progress towards an electrified vehicle fleet, we're thrilled to launch a tire that is designed to help drivers get the best overall experience from their electric vehicles, including ride comfort, all-season driving performance, and excellent wear life, end quote. The Taranza EV tires are being made at Bridgestone Plants in Wilson, North Carolina, and Monterey, Mexico, and use a mix of renewable and recycled natural rubber and carbon black. Bridgestone has made the Taranza EV tire in sizes to fit all four Teslas, 3, Y, S, and X, as well as Ford's Mustang Mach-E, but it says that it will launch an additional 13 sizes early next year. The thought occurred to me as I was reading that, that I didn't have in my notes, the fact that Bridgestone uh, is going to make these at their Monterey, Mexico plant, I wonder if there is any chance that... uh, Tesla and Bridgestone might come to an agreement to have these be the OEM tire on the Generation 3 car. If you've got those cars being made right near Monterey, Mexico, and you've got these tires being made, uh, you've certainly got a a nice local advantage there. No shipping, uh, no shipping logistics to worry about. Keep an eye on that. So uh, anyway, we don't know yet how much these tires will cost relative to the options we have now. We don't know how good their tread wear rating will be. We don't know whether they'll ride as quiet or maybe quieter than the EV-specific tires that come standard on our Teslas now. But that said, it will just be really great to have more EV-friendly options with lower rolling resistance, with sound-dampening foam, etc. to choose from, and particularly from the major tire makers, too. Also... Uh, I think this is smart of Bridgestone to go after this rapidly growing EV market. Get in early. You know, that, and that market is, for now, dominated by Tesla. And, and given pr- Tesla's production goals, it's, it's going to be continued to be dominated by Tesla. But still, it, it's smart on Bridgestone here to, to get this out the door sooner rather than later. I mean, you make a tire good enough. And again, like I was saying with the Monterey connection in Mexico... Maybe you can get an OEM deal with Tesla that will automate that will guarantee you millions and millions of tires sold per year if Tesla does decide to put these on as standard equipment on one or more of their vehicles. Finally this week, one more story, and it's some good news to end on. Listener Will Tour, T-O-O-R, did a wonderful thread on Twitter about a fantastic new bill just passed in the state of Colorado. I will let Will take it from here. I'll read you his thread, or at least the the most interesting pieces of it as it pertains to 
EVs uh, specifically, like Teslas. HB 1272, tax credits for decarbonization, is a nation-leading policy that makes the largest investment in clean energy and climate in Colorado history. It offers credits for EVs, ZEV trucks, e-bikes, heat pumps, geothermal electricity, SAF, industrial decarbonization, all that stuff. EVs, the bill ramps up the credit for the next few years during the period that most models don't qualify for federal credits. Our credit, meaning Colorado's, goes to $5,000 on July 1st, then slowly phases out through 2028. One unique aspect, an additional $2,500 for vehicles with MSRP under $35,000 to support low and moderate income adoption and encourage smaller EVs. The EV credits are assignable to the auto dealers or financing agencies, so they should be able to be taken at point of sale. And the legislation makes these credits stackable with utility rebates, federal credits, and new state low-income programs. So thank you very much to Will Tor for putting that summary thread together about this new bill out of the state of Colorado. And, and by the way, like I said at the top, there's a lot more to this, but those are the EV-specific pieces of it. So number one, congratulations to Colorado residents. This is a heck of an incentive to help push electrification at exactly the time when the auto industry is finally actually offering lots of nice options, not just Tesla. Now that said, Tesla looks poised to look insanely attractive here. And I'm talking specifically about the upcoming generation three cars that are probably going to be on the road realistically in the next, well, I would say, Two years or by the end of 2025, I think is, is reasonable at this stage. I mean, we are all but assured that the Generation 3 cars are going to have a base price under $35,000, meaning that Colorado buyers of the Generation 3 Tesla stand to get up to, just wait, let, let this sink in for a second, $15,000 off of the car in total if you qualify for the federal tax incentive of $7,500. So let's say, for the sake of argument, and this is actually, I mean, it's not just for the sake of argument, it's entirely feasible. Let's say that the Generation 3 car is $30,000. I mean, the base model, I think, could end up being $25,000 for all I know, and, and that would be incredible if it does. But let's play it a little conservatively here and just call it $30,000. That's going to be the base price of the Gen 3 car. So in that scenario, you are talking about being able to cut that car's price in half after it's all said and done. In half. And you're going to be getting a great car as a result of that. It's crazy. And that's to say nothing, by the way, too, of the far lower total cost of ownership that an EV, and specifically a Tesla, has compared to an internal combustion engine vehicle. I mean, the, the Gen 3 car on its own, without any incentives at all, is poised to be the death blow for the ICE from an economic perspective, which has always been Tesla's ultimate goal, is to make it just a, a financial no-brainer 
to buy an electric vehicle. But Tesla might end up having to dedicate an entire Gen 3 production line solely for Colorado customers. Just And, and maybe they're going to have to complete, they're going to have to have a rail line that goes nonstop from Nuevo Leon, where, where the Gen 3 car is going to be built in Mexico, straight to Denver, just to account for what is going to be some insane demand up there in the Centennial State with these crazy awesome incentives that are going to be there on the Gen 3 car. Again, you love to see it. Bravo, tip of the cap to Colorado's elected leaders for making this happen. All right, I have been talking for quite a while. Wow, this has been one of the longer news blocks in a while. Stick with me, though. I am not done. I will be back with a few of your phone calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline. That'll be coming up right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. I cannot believe I've been talking for almost an hour already. I've got to remind you here before I get to the phone calls that this week's Ride the Lightning is once again brought to you by my friends at Accelerate Auto, who offer the excellent X-Care extended warranty coverage for your Tesla. Why do I need that, you ask? Now that Tesla's offering their own extended warranty, well, for starters, Tesla's policy offers zero flexibility. It is a fixed two-year, 25,000-mile coverage plan. Xcare offers up to 10 years and 125,000 miles after your factory warranty is up. Xcare can also be purchased for any Tesla, no matter where you bought it. And you can only opt in to Tesla's plan before your car hits 50,000 miles. Xcare plans can be purchased anywhere up to 125,000 miles. While also both Tesla and Xcare have $100 deductibles and 24-7 roadside assistance, Xcare also offers rental reimbursement and trip interruption coverage, which Tesla does not. Xcare covers everything that Tesla's own extended warranty does, so the Xcare option is a very good one. Check them out. See which plan is right for you. Go to accelerateauto.com slash xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. Don't forget to use the discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off of your policy purchase, except sadly in Florida, state law thing. It is what it is. I wish we could fix it, but we are stuck with that. For everybody else, $100 discount using the discount code lightning at accelerateauto.com slash xcare. All right, time for a few calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, give me a call. You can do so anytime, day or night, using one of two easy call-in methods. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90-second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That toll-free number is 1-888-989-889. 8752. Again, that's one triple eight nine eight nine 
T-S-L-A. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up this week is Nathan from Arcadia. Hi, Ryan. My name is Nathan Newman from Arcadia, California, and I'm calling in next to a snoozing Daisy the Multipoo. Months ago, you covered the growing number of Uber and Lyft drivers converting to Tesla ownership, myself included. As of Memorial Day weekend, it's been one year with my still exciting new toy. On the exact one year Tesla anniversary, I'd driven 38,364 miles, and it only cost me $115 per month to charge my Model 3 long range. A majority of my riders are stumped by the door handles until I tell them push in, pull out, which most get right away. Some are a little too drunk and require extra care. Thank you for not drinking and driving. I do live life on the edge and got the white interior fully knowing I was going to do ride share. So far, no mess has been beyond cleaning, and when people learn it's been one year, they marvel at how immaculate it is. If anyone listening to this wants the white interior but you have kids, I say do it. You won't regret it. Far too many have asked me how my gas mileage is to count, and only two or three were being facetious. Some think my range is only 100 miles. Everyone is shocked at how seamless the trip planner is. One person proclaimed, hopefully we don't run over any kids, to which I jokingly told her I've never run over anyone, much less a child, to which she said, well, the car will do that on its own. My favorite interactions are when people tell me they've never been in a Tesla before, and with their permission, I demonstrate the 0-60. to Needless to say, they're blown away. Needless to say, there is a plaque in my honor at my local America's Tire. Overall, it has been an amazing experience, and a significant part of that is thanks to you and all the superb journalism you do for us and the Tesla community every week. Please give Daisy and Zelina a who's a good girl from me and my Daisy, and keep up the excellent work that you do. Nathan, I promise I will pass along your good girls to the pups once I get home. Uh, Thank you very much for your call. I am very grateful to you for sharing your rideshare driving experience here. I mean, I'll tell you, you're a much more courageous person than I am. I I would not, uh, I would just be like way too on edge with (laughs) with strangers in my car. Anyway, uh, your call, I will say, is a great testimonial for the white interior, which as a white interior Tesla owner, I do appreciate that. I love that. I wonder if your favorite Tesla-related interaction with your passengers is when you get to give that 0 to 60 demo, right? I know that that would probably be mine. If I like try to put myself in, in your shoes, that would be my favorite part of the day, would be anybody that wanted a, a 0 to 60 demo. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much. Next up is Morgan in Ireland with a feature request. Hi, Ryan. Morgan here from County Gildare in Ireland. First time, long time. In the hope that you might have uh, some Tesla software developers listening to your podcast, I have a feature request. As you know, when you put the car in reverse, the reversing cameras come up on the screen, and that's very useful. Um, But in situations where you require to make a few forward and backward maneuvers in quick succession, it would be much nicer if the cameras stayed on uh, when you're moving forward. Um, This could be based on time or speed or a combination of both. Um, And I've seen this feature on many other cars, and it's really useful. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Bye. I'll tell you, Morgan, that is a great suggestion, and I could not agree more. I think we've all probably run into the exact situation that you're describing on a frequent enough basis, maybe not every day, but often enough, that it would be awesome to have some kind of, as you suggest, like a time-based toggle in the UI 
that keeps the backup cameras on for an additional 10 seconds or maybe, maybe would five seconds do it? 10, 10 would probably cover it, right? Or something like that, even after you've shifted into drive. I'm happy to put this out there in the hope that the right folks from Tesla hear it and consider it for a future software update. Thank you, Morgan, for your call. Just time for one more caller this week. It is John from Sacramento responding to something I said last week. Go ahead, John. Hey, Ryan. John from Sacramento with a quick thought about your episode 409 comment about the auto wipers and how you just wonder about other drivers thinking that you look like an idiot because you don't know how to use wipers. I often think something similar when I'm testing out some of the FSD beta stuff. I'm on 11.4.2 as of a day or so ago. And just yesterday, I was out driving in the car and got upset with it because it would come to full stops in the middle of making a turn and there'd be people behind me and I know that I had to be just totally messing with their minds in that same way like does he not know how to drive even (laughs) so anyway I appreciate that Tesla is being super cautious and maybe NHTSA or other people are requiring that but I think for long-term acceptance and especially for having uh, robo taxis we've got to get way 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 more aggressive or it'll be 50 years before there's a robo taxi thanks love your show talk to you soon bye hey john thanks for calling in you're absolutely right you've reminded me of the times when fsd beta would occasionally make jerky movements when trying to maneuver into another lane or make a turn which also as you noted must make other drivers think that I'm a complete idiot who shouldn't be behind the wheel of a car because the wheel's jerking around the car's doing crazy stuff. And I suppose that the auto wipers, yes, isn't nearly as obvious to another driver as the confused movements of the FSD beta can be. But they can both definitely be a little bit embarrassing. I think we would certainly agree on that. Fortunately, I don't know any of those people on the roads that are seeing my car do crazy stuff and probably blaming it on me in their heads, understandably so. And so odds are not only, well, not only do I not know, know any of them, odds are I will never see any of them ever again. So it's not anything that's keeping me up at night. Thanks so much, John. Thanks to everybody for taking the time to call in. Uh, I will get to more phone calls. I promise I will get to more than three on next week's podcast. I've got plenty of good calls lined up and ready to go from you guys here in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. So stay tuned for more of that next week. But for now, the podcast isn't quite over. Stick around. A little bit more Ride the Lightning coming up for you next. As I said at the top of the podcast, I'm out of town this week. I'm in Los Angeles, but I did get the title to my Model 3 in the mail from the DMV this week, which, of course, I got because I finally finished paying the car off uh, last month. And I have to say, I wasn't expecting that to make me feel anything, but when I opened that envelope and took out that title, it made me feel really good. I mean, that was just short of five years of working really hard to to get this dream car, my Model 3 paid off. So feels really good. Anyway, how about an entertainment recommendation for this week? I'll give you one, uh, something I was just watching last night here in my hotel room. And it's 
Arnold on Netflix. There's a three-part documentary about the life of Arnold Schwarzenegger that's completely narrated by him. It's it's you know it's all him. And I have to say, I mean, I knew bits and pieces about his story, but certainly not the anywhere near the full picture. And it, I, I quite actually found it kind of inspiring of how just focused he is on making all of his huge dreams come true. And he did it. Guys led a heck of a life. So uh, check that out on Netflix if you're looking for something to watch. In the meantime, a pro tip of the week. Here's a follow-up on his own pro tip of the week from last week. Once again, Reese from the Sunshine Coast of Australia. Thanks, Ryan. After my pro tip you played last week, you mentioned this. But lately, like I would say in the past months, I don't know how many months, but in the past number of months, it has been an issue for me. Now, fortunately, I've learned that if I just unlock my phone, just like take it out and, you know, face ID unlocks and I just swipe up and I'm in the phone, then I just put it right back in my pocket. That seems to wake it up enough to then let me open the door. So, Ryan, what you can also do is... You can actually just pull your phone out and not have to unlock it. Just go ahead and place your phone or hold your phone up against your B-pillar of your car and it will go ahead and unlock your car. You don't need the phone unlocked. You just pull it out, place it there like like they instruct you to hold your Tesla keycard up to the B-pillar. You can just go ahead and do the same with your phone when it's not letting you in from the outside and it will go ahead and unlock the car. So similar to how you how you place your, your phone, where I was mentioning just by the cup holders there, um, instead of your key card, you can do the same to unlock it. Hope that helps. Have a great week. This has been Reese from the Sunshine Coast. Back to you, Ryan. Great follow-up here, Reese. Thank you so much for that follow-up pro tip of the week. And again, if anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, you can call those in the same way that you call in on the regular Ride the Lightning uh, hotline calls. I gave you the instructions for that earlier in the podcast, so refer back to those. Before I go, let me mention some friends of the podcast that can hopefully be useful to you. Starting with AbstractOcean.com, they make so many excellent Tesla aftermarket accessories from interior lighting kits to center console wrap kits, particularly for those of us that have the older style uh, center consoles that are in the, the glossy piano black finish that will fingerprint and scratch if you just look at them wrong. So <laughs> that stuff's useful. But they've got so many products, however new or old your Tesla might be. Go to abstractocean.com and don't forget the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. That code again is RTL Podcast, all one word, no spaces. Next up, the Snap Plate. Get yours for all four Teslas at everyamp.com slash RTL. I always like when I see these out in the wild on other Teslas. It's like, yep, you, you made a good decision with that. And I also, selfishly, I will admit this, selfishly, I wonder I wonder if they listened to the podcast and heard about it there. But the snap plate is the front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds, but when it's on, it's on securely. When it's off, it leaves nothing behind. No unsightly hardware, no automotive adhesive residue, nothing. So put it on if you're going to be going through a toll road or a bridge or going to be parking at a parking meter. 
take it off if you're detailing the car, if you're taking it out to car show or cars and coffee, something like that. But if you do need or want that front license plate on your Tesla, I highly recommend the front license plate bracket made by the fine folks at Snap Plate. Again, get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. Budget Safe Solar did a great job on my solar project. I've been seeing a few more of you using that RTL referral code. Going solar with Budget Safe Solar yourself. Hopefully plenty more of you are also going with Tesla Solar or whoever works for you. But if you do check out Tesla Solar and it doesn't work out for you, just like it, it unfortunately didn't work out for me, I do genuinely recommend you try BudgetSafeSolar.com. They will work with you to get the project that you want, to try and fulfill your needs and desires. Again, in my case, it's that I have a, a tall, narrow San Francisco home that's very old, a steep roof. And so the, the challenges were just getting enough panels to get to achieve my goal, which was 100% offset. That was a big, big goal for me. Tesla couldn't get me anywhere close. Uh, Budget Safe Solar, they found more creative places on the roof to add a couple panels. And then they also set me up with their, basically their highest octane. I know that's not the best it's not the best analogy to use a, a fuel analogy, a gasoline fuel analogy when we're talking about renewable energy, but their highest efficiency panels to get the most bang for my buck out of each panel that could go on to my small roof. Anyway, I'm getting off track. I'm very happy, and I hope you will be too if you decide to go with them. So go to budgetsafesolar.com. They now also offer battery storage to go with the solar installation if that is something that is of interest to you. So check it out, whether it's for your home, your business, both, budgetsafesolar.com. And if you do proceed with an installation, please use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections. If you, you and your car are in or gonna be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, I highly recommend that you treat yourself and treat your car to a spa day at Immaculate Reflections. Jeff McGovern, the owner and proprietor there, is a wonderfully talented detailer, great human being, an incredible attention to detail. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, the name is, is uh, funny, Immaculate Reflections, but it's also accurate. It's <laughs> no lies detected, Immaculate Reflections, especially if you do paint correction, you will really get those Immaculate Reflections. I did paint correction on my car, and I'm so glad I did. It just looks, it looks so, so nice. Maybe you wanna do that. Maybe you wanna do paint protection film on some or all of the car. Maybe you wanna do ceramic coating so that you are all set with your waxing for the next, you don't have to, to do a traditional wax for the next three to five years or more while that ceramic coating is still good. The water's just gonna bead right off thanks to that ceramic coating. So anyway, go to irdetailing.com. That's the website. That's how you can just see what's up and you can also reach out and get in touch with Jeff and book in your service that way. And when you do that, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and Jeff is very kindly continuing to offer a very nice little discount specifically for the Ride the Lightning audience. So I am very thankful to him for continuing to do that. Your... Uh, dash cam and sentry mode setups can best be had at puretesla.com slash RTL. 49 bucks 
with free shipping will get you the 128 gigabyte micro SD based kit that plugs into your car via USB. And that's the one that I super recommend. Uh, if 128 gigs isn't quite enough for you, there is a 256 gigabyte kit, which is $69, also shipped free anywhere in the US. They also offer the, a really nice sort of Super Nintendo controller inspired slimline, like low profile uh, wireless game controller kit. So if you do a lot of gaming in your Tesla with the many now in-car games, especially, well, many, especially many if you have uh, the new S or X and have the whole Steam uh, setup going on with your car, you can play all kinds of stuff. Anyway, they have the wireless game controller kit too. So get that, get the dash cam and sentry mode kits at puretesla.com slash RTL. If you... Uh, do not already back this podcast on Patreon and you think it's something that sounds like something you're, you're, uh, you're up for, that you've been listening long enough and you think, you know what, Ryan, yes, you have earned my support. I'm going to back you on Patreon. You can go to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That is the place that has all the information, all the different support tiers, and all the little perks and bonuses attached to each tier. Those perks and bonuses all stack, so the higher the higher tier you go, the more perks and bonuses you get. Again, the most popular one is that $10 a month tier that'll get you early access to each week's show. In the case of this week, extra early access, since I'm recording on a Thursday night here from my hotel room in Los Angeles. Uh, that $10 a month tier also gets you that weekly bonus mini episode that I call the lightning round. So uh, please head on over. At some point, I'd be humbled and grateful if you'd take a look at the page found at patreon.com slash Podcast. Most of you probably already follow or subscribe or whatever your favorite podcast service calls it. Uh, you can do that, if you're not already doing so, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. I'm also on YouTube. It's audio only, but if you if just having a tab open and listening via YouTube is the, convenient for you, then feel free to do it. All the podcasts go up there. You can just find my YouTube channel easily by searching Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube. You should find it and can subscribe easily that way. And uh, yeah, my referral code. So again, I mentioned it earlier. I won't, I won't uh, linger on it here, but I encourage you to use a friends, a family members, a coworkers. But if you just need a referral link when you're ordering your Tesla so that you can get those benefits, whether, you know, if it's a three in the Y, you're getting loot box credits that can be redeemed for software upgrades to the car that can be redeemed for Tesla merch, can be redeemed for Tesla accessories like the wall connector. So just make sure you're getting your loot box points, or in the case of the SNX, as I told you, the $1,000 discount and three free months of FSD. Uh, but if you do need a referral link, a reminder, you have to order the car through the link. Tesla will not backfill or backdate, uh, retroactively go back and add referral bonuses to your order. So you do have to order with the link, and if you need one, if you need mine, just reach out either via email, teslapodcast at gmail.com, 
or Instagram, DM me, or tweet me, whatever you want to do, and I'll get you mine so that you make sure that you can take advantage of that referral bonus. And I think that will about do it. You can, uh, my Twitter and Instagram, if you do need those or want those, it's the same handle on both, DMC underscore Ryan. And I mentioned my email address a moment ago. So with that, I will say hello and thank you to the upper tier Patreon backers who, among other perks, get their name shouted out on each and every episode. That time is now. I'll start with the grandfathered in plaid level supporters. This tier is no longer officially offered, but these kind folks continue to very kindly and generously back me at that level. And so I continue to grandfather them in on all the perks that they are entitled to, of course. So thank you so much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, quote-unquote, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Next up, the Maximum Plaid to your backers. A big thank you goes out to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, and Tom Behan. Thank you all very, very much. And another big thanks goes out to the Roadster in Space tier backers. Thank you, extra so, to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Kara Weston, Robert from near Philly, and Chase Lancaster. And that, my friends, will do it for what I'm pretty sure ended up being a fairly long episode. Oh yeah, I think we're we're coming up on an hour and 20 minutes or so. Lots of Ride the Lightning, lots of Tesla stuff to discuss this week. Yet another busy, very interesting, very exciting week. I mean, my goodness, I, I'm not surprised about the GM story, about them uh, adopting the North American charging standard, but I'm honestly a little surprised that it happened this quickly, that they just jumped right in 
you know, two weeks after Ford did. So that's cool. I mean, that was a that was a fun story to talk about this week. And just so many interesting things always happening in the world of Tesla. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. If I was going to pick any car company in the world to do a weekly podcast about, I genuinely could not have picked a better one. I didn't do it on purpose. It just kind of worked out this way that there's always something new and interesting happening with Tesla and it, it works out for me, a guy that's doing an hour plus long podcast about it each and every single week. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for your time, your attention, your support, whether you're a listener, Patreon backer, both, etc. cetera. Uh, I am very grateful for your time and for your attention and for your support in whatever form it comes. And so from Los Angeles... This is Ryan McCaffrey. Of course, this has been Ride the Lightning, episode 410, and I'll see you back here next week. I mean, I think... A Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.